Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. I want to welcome you to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we have Sean Perry. Sean is a founder, he's a president, and he's the director of We Are Hope. How are you today, Sean? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to have you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this. Um, I'm really interested in the work that you do. Um, so I really kind of want to really get deep into this because I really feel like you've got a lot of value and wisdom and i think it's very it's very poignant i mean mental health anyway has been very poignant for quite some time but i think you know obviously you know as the as we approach the holidays uh, this time of year can be um, very triggering for for a lot of people anyway um absolutely yeah so i think you know like for me it's going to be a really interesting conversation but you you agree with that like in terms of like this season right now that that we're in it does bring up a lot doesn't it i think that it can yes i think it i think it brings up a lot for a lot of people based on what their past experiences are right so you know one of the things that that we really look at uh especially when posting stuff around happy holidays so forth and so on is being extremely mindful that all holidays are not happy for mm. a lot of people Right. When you, you know, you see these these TikToks or Instagram posts of people, you know, saying what they bought for someone. We, we try to be extremely mindful in the social media that we put out and suggest to other people as well. We I think every year we put something out saying just be mindful that someone who may be watching this may have absolutely nothing, mm. maybe struggling significantly during this time. And if I'm not mistaken, I think shortly after Christmas is the highest rate of divorce in the world every year. Mm. Mm. yeah i mean i'm 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 a part of that unfortunately <laughs> i think i think when you've got children involved sean it's very much like uh you kind of you're like we're not getting divorced just before christmas it'll ruin the ruin the christmas for everybody so so we'll just wait and then january it's like yeah let's just do it <laughs> Well, we're my wife and I are uh, we're twenty we're twenty three years in uh, to being together and, and twenty years in in marriage, um, and, and I I said that to kids we we laugh and joke about it because we talk about all kinds of things very openly. I said, well, if it hasn't happened yet, it's not happening. So <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck. Yeah, I hear you. I, I wanted to ask you what alternatives are there in the current mental health like support system. Uh, which are which are common to man, but you, within we are hope, are really bringing to to people. What what are the different alternatives that there are out there to what we majority of people may know? Yeah, that's a great question. So, <laughs> you know, we we as a society have been so stuck on this. When we think about mental health uh, issues, we've we've been so stuck on this this hospitalization, this really hardcore clinical way of supporting. And what we have found over the last several years is that human connection 
<laughs> right, is the key to mental health supports, right? And it's not to say that therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists are not valuable. They most definitely are and have their place. But what we're lacking is human connection. And that's why we created a coaching model. Because what we what we understand is that the coaching model was typically for the for the wealthy, right? Of how to get your business up and going or or how to, you know, be a savage in business. And 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 what we realized was that in that body of work, it was helping people's anxiety and other other mental health issues. And so what we're finding is and what we utilize and what we developed here is a coaching model uh, that's able to support individuals five days a week mm. or more if necessary. Amazing. Now, I know you do a lot with, with children in particular, and then I wondered what evidence that you have that helps support children in the way that we are hope has been supporting. Yeah, so we have two pa two two papers written um, on our evidence. We use a, an organization or um, we use a company called uh, Behavioral Health Works or MD Logics, mm -hmm. and we track all of our data. From the time that a student comes into our program uh, to the time that they leave, so every thirty days we do a generalized anxiety disorder screener. Every thirty every every thirty days, we also do a behavioral health screen at the beginning of services and at the end of services. And then when we're done within our school year, we send it off to um, the SEL uh, lab, which is uh, Dr. Karen Fortuna of Dartmouth, an associate professor who then does, who then goes through all of our data and then um, gets it published. And so we're, we're published currently, we have two papers published uh, and peer reviewed and um, our data suggests or states that um, in 60 to 90 days, we see a reduction in anxiety from anywhere from 35 to 45% in our students. It's probably one of the highest. And it's because um, we're, we don't have a magic pill. Right. Mm. We don't have a magic uh, anything. What we have is consistency and support. Right. Mm. So because there is consistency and support, we find that we're, we're able to reduce um, general uh, general mental health struggles uh, better mm. uh, than, than most tr uh, conventional and traditional supports. Mm. You talked about like human connection, Sean, like and uh, totally resonate like with that. Why, why is it that some people really do suck at, at connecting with another human being oh gosh i love this question and 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 i talk about this so much oh god so the reason that we suck at connecting is because we were never taught how to connect right so so it, here's the thing right so um most relationships that we see even marriages right are very superficial Right, they're 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 superficial at their at their value. In order for us to connect, right, we have to be willing to be vulnerable, right. And the reality is is that is the vast majority of us, from from what I've seen and what I've witnessed in my body of work and dealing with humans, is that they're not willing to be vulnerable, mm. right. Mm. So vulnerability is the key. However, there's a step. That we need to go into and, and dr brene brown talks about this also right is that in order to be vulnerable we have to learn how to work through our shame and guilt mm. and most of us aren't willing to do that we struggle significantly with our past and working through those things which allow us to be vulnerable which then in turn allow us to truly connect so one of the things personally i did for myself was was really get over and work through 
that shame and guilt that I have. And man, I, when I did that, I felt free. Excuse me. I'm a, I'm a huge open book and will tell everybody almost anything. And I think that it's allowed me to connect on a much deeper level with a lot of people, if not almost everybody I work with or, 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 or associate with. Mm. I, yes, very true. Vulnerability is something that I feel like it creates trust. And I feel like unless you have trust, you can't influence and you can't educate and, and, and bring a change to someone unless, and, and I feel like, yeah, vulnerability brings that, that level of trust. Now you have a big heart for children. Uh, I'm always fascinated um, behind the motivations of why we do what we do on a Sean. Mm. And you obviously do a lot with children. Where, where does that heart and motivation come from? Why are you so focused in particular on, on really rallying around children? So I grew up in the eighties and uh, a little known song stuck with me. <laughs> Whitney Houston. I believe the children are our future. Uh, my best friend, Scott and I used to sing it in my room. Uh, we would record ourselves singing it. And, um, and I was a kid myself at that time. But what I realized was that those words are just so true. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I got into this mental health space of, of, helping to create change and, and working with kids. Um, one of the things I realized was that our society um, as a whole is really lacking, right? Mm -hmm. That we are, we are, we are struggling as a, as, hu as humans to, um, to be good humans in general. And the only way that changes is if we do the work with the kids, if we make sure that they have their needs met in a healthy, appropriate way and learn the skills necessary to be productive. And, and, and we have to remember that the kids of today are not the kids of yesterday. So we have to stop treating them that way. And those kids are going to be our doctors. They're going to be our lawyers. They're going to be our bank tellers. They're going to be our everything. And unless we unless we pour into them, really pour into them, our future looks pretty bleak. Mm. That's beautiful. Like just, I, I love how you've taken it from like your own kind of like reflections as a, as a young, as a young boy through a song and then how that's <laughs> kind of then kind of given you like a, a mandate to really then want to pour in into others. Cause you feel responsible. Like, and I, I, well, I feel like we all need to be a bit more responsible. Well, yeah. And I, and I think also, you know, I was one of those kids that struggled in silence for many, many years. Mm. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a survivor of suicide. Um, I struggled with significant anxiety growing up, um, which caused me to be violent, um, at times and, uh, quick to anger because of my own fears of how I believed other people perceived me. And I think the other part of the reason that I do the work that I do is I don't, I genuinely do not want a single child, if I can help it, to ever experience some of the things that I have experienced. Mm. Just, you know, I, I, I look at, I look at my life as, is, you know, no matter what you believe in spiritually, I, I look at my life as being I, I've been blessed. And quite honestly, I don't believe that I should even be here. And so to, to be a person that, that, that can't have some kind of power to help another child never experience what I've gone through. Um, 
that's that's really part of the mission. Mm. Yeah, and for whatever reason, it also comes to to mind about the fact that we all have our own inner child as well. So yes. even though we are now men, uh, there's still Sean the boy in you and Mark the boy in me, and absolutely, and um, that also needs. A, a lot of focus especially when you talked about your own struggles like with, with suicide and, and unfortunately and it breaks my heart too but I'm hearing more and more young people like suicidal like, I remember life being hard for me as a kid but I, I, yeah. I can't ever feel like I wanted to take my life I wanted things to right. stop yeah but things have become so bad Sean like why and and what 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 can we do to 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 help well the the why is different for for all of us and i don't think anybody really has that answer we can all speculate as to why right but what we can do and and this is so so very important is we can normalize the fact that we struggle right we can normalize the fact that all of us at some point in our lives have had mild suicidal ideation, have had a thought. You know, you ever been driving your car and you're like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I just took a left into that tree, right? Like the mind does some really random stuff. And if you told people that, some people might say you're crazy, right? But the reality is, is they had the same thought because the mind just kind of does what it does. And so one of the things that we have to do is we have to create spaces where men in particular, right? Not that, you know, women extremely important as well, but men in particular don't have to have this bravado to say, I'm too cool for school and I don't have these feelings and emotions. We have to create spaces and places where we can talk about these things, that it's okay, I don't always like to use the words safe place, right? I think it's been used a little bit too much in our society, quite frankly, but we have to create a place, right? Where people feel safe, right? Or feel confident enough to be able to share the fact that they're struggling. And when we do that, we can we, we know scientifically and through the data that people are less likely to follow through, right? That they may have those thoughts, those big emotions around not wanting to be here because life is too hard. But knowing that someone is there for you is the key. Because one of the things that we that we know is, is that most people just, they're feeling alone. Mm. They're feeling hopeless and helpless. And, and we as a society have to start wrapping, around, you know, wrapping ourselves around those individuals. Mm. And sometimes those individuals are in our family. And, and we have, you know, I, I hear a lot of times like we, we, we just didn't know we had, we had no idea. And, and I would say there are always some warning signs. And the thing is, is that we're just not looking for them. Mm. Right. We're, mm. you know, we're expecting men in particular to just suck it up, buttercup. And, and, you know, when they had a bad day, they had a bad day and they'll be fine. And mm. so one of the things that I've, I've made it a point to do in my home is, when I am extremely overwhelmed, I tell my wife, I am overwhelmed and I'm going to need some time, right? And one day, I'll never forget, we, this was in the past year, a uh, uh, year and a half. Uh, 
past year, actually, uh, we were driving and I said, Hey, you know, um, I've been really struggling lately and I'm, I'm just not in a good place. And I just need you to know that. And I need you to just, just be there. And, and what, what I need from you, it, like specifically, I can't tell you, but I need you to know that I'm not doing well. Um, and that was, that was liberating that I had a space to do that. And then I shared that with one of my boys, you know, one of my friends. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, Sean, you know, I've been feeling the same way lately myself. And then we had like a two hour chat, mm -hmm. right. About just, just not doing well. And mm -hmm. he's a therapist, you know, mm -hmm. and, and he's Sean, I didn't think I could tell anybody, but I'm glad that I have you. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I have you too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so I think it's about creating those spaces for us to be able to have these conversations for everybody to have these conversations. Yeah. Cause I find from my own experience too, Sean, like it's, it's hard to speak about uh, when you're in the middle of the struggle. I find that when people do give voice to they've struggled, it's always when the past, like maybe some of the, the darker and more intricate, difficult moments of life. Uh, and once right. we get to a point where we can verbalize it, it's not like we fully dealt with it, but we we've, we've at least my reflection is that we've gone through the worst of it. But in those moments of when, like you obviously were self-aware to know, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. And then you have mm -hmm. a beautiful relationship with your wife where you feel uh, safe and you feel secure in that for you to be able to share vulnerably. And, you know, we talked about you, that human connection, there, beautiful human connection going on right. between you and your wife. It's like, it's really difficult when you are at your lowest to actually then verbalize at that point, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and, and what that takes honestly, is you talked earlier about trust, right? Uh, you mentioned trust for connection. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I'm glad you came back to this because I wanted to, I wanted to say something about that. So, so trust with connection and others is, is, is extremely important, but you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself first. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I've, I've gotten to the point where I trust myself to know that I'm not doing good and in the middle of not doing good in that dark place to communicate that I'm not doing good. I've also, I also trust myself enough to, or learn to trust myself enough to notice it in others that are close to me and bring up the conversation for them if they cannot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have a, I have a friend who um, is struggling and I notice some behavior that I that I can just tell he may be struggling a little bit more than he's letting on. And so I'll send a text. Hey, man, what are you doing today? Want to chat? You know what I mean? Like, hey, you got a minute? I'll get him on the phone and then walk him through. Like, hey, how's everything going? Let me have it. Right. And 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 again, it's about creating those spaces, but but ultimately trusting yourself. Yeah. It's it's certainly very very important what would you say is the best way that you've personally found to improve like your mental health because it's it's an everyday thing it's not like just a, a one-off it's a lifestyle uh i even talked on tiktok today about exercise i had minor surgery two and a half weeks ago i haven't been able to exercise mm. and my mental health has really struggled um right and to run today, even though I was still a bit sore because my stitches only came out yesterday, mm. I just decided to prioritize my mental health over my physical comfort, right? And um, yeah, it was like it was life giving. But I, I've had some really dark moments, and I know exercise for me is something that I'd really like raise the flag for. But what what about yeah. you? 
Yeah. So I think, I think it's about, <laughs> I think it's about doing what you love, right. That makes you feel whole and makes you feel good for some people. It's exercise for me. It's definitely not exercise. I did enough exercise. <laughs> I did enough exercise as a kid, you know, I was an athlete, you know, all the way through and, and my, my athletic days are over the back is achy. The knees swell. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that. Right. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable in my skin, but what, gives me passion and purpose and makes me feel good is this this body of work that I'm in so creating a new program creating a new project that's what's what what's what what really helps my mental health is 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 pouring into this work and I know it might sound cheesy but that's the reality like that's what makes me feel good mm -hmm. um is pouring into this work and and making sure that that um we're we're meeting our goals and kids are doing what they need to do to be successful um and then of course you know uh when it's when it's bright sunny and warm i'm on the harley <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's also you know i would say wind in my hair but i have done uh you know wind uh, in your beard on, yeah wind in my beard just getting on a harley <laughs> and just riding and riding with my brothers and, and just really enjoying myself that's a, that's that's one extracurricular activity that i love or snowboarding yeah yeah it's interesting the creativity because if you believe if you believe in a creator i always feel like we are uh an an expression of who create who created our being and then when we write a book when we create um you know a business or or we create a support system like we are hope very much who who we are and part of our story and our journey and our dna and our breath is within that which we've created and and then that's when we find you know those sweet spots because we are supposed to multiply and to reproduce that which we were you know a part of mm, yeah yeah i you know i i feel as though what was given to me and passed down through my family, like what I do is just in the DNA of our family, right? I think about my father's uh, side of the family, even, even my mother's side of the family of, of just helping others constantly. Like there's like, there's this lineage, right? Within the Perry family of, of helping. My grandmother was well known throughout the town and, uh, of helping so many people, um, everybody, you know, most of the people that I know, well, almost everybody in my family's like in the business of serving others. Right. And, and, and then, you know, my, my own kids, you know, they just, I don't know if it came for me or not, but they just have hearts of gold. They're all, they're all just amazing. I have five children and they're all literally the most compassionate and loving and caring people, um, and willing to give their shirts off their back to anybody and make sure that somebody else is doing well. Um, yeah, I can't answer better kids. <laughs> a little plug to the kids. <laughs> I was going to say, definitely, definitely came from you, Sean. Not your wife. Or you. <laughs> oh, and she, like, as far as she goes, she's a whole different breed of me. I thought, you know, I, I'm a giver, but she's a whole different, she's just a whole different breed of of kindness <laughs> that, that sometimes it's just too kind. It's even annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, kindness is definitely one of those things that the the world needs. And I, I always resonate with, you know, in, in a world where you can be anything, uh, be kind. That really like, rings true, doesn't it? That's a t-shirt. 
It is. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. Yep. Um, for for those days where you don't exercise anymore, but you you take pleasure in seeing other people exercise, and you can sit there in your lounger with in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know it's interesting. I, I had a, a um a husband and wife that I used to work for that owned a restaurant, and um the the wife, uh, amazing woman, would always say just be kind, just be kind, you know? And, and that was kind of her mantra, right? That was kind of her thing. It's just, just to just be kind. And, and it, it was spot on. It still is spot on. Um, you know, kindness, you can't put a price on kindness. And I think, you know, like you said, I mean, we, we need more of it, especially with what we have going on in this world today, we need more kindness. And I think if we, you know, it sounds cheesy again, but if, if we address people with kindness, uh, the world most definitely would be a better place. Yeah. Sean, sure, might be a bit of a provocative question, and uh, it's not supposed to be really, but <laughs> is mental illness a choice? Ooh, that's not provocative. The answer is no, it's not a choice. <laughs> no, right? So, 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 so mental illness is something we have no control over. Our mental health is a choice, right? How we, how we focus in on us is a choice. Mental illness, you know, uh, we don't wake up one day and say, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really feel like being depressed today because I got nothing better to do with myself. And hey, I really would love to be in that crowd, but I don't feel like it because I want to, I decide I really want to be super anxious that my social anxiety is so bad that I cannot function and I can't get out of bed. Mm. Nobody chooses that. Right. These these are things that, you know, in, in a lot of cases have happened over long periods of time um, and uh, have, have gone untreated. And mm. so what's a choice is getting support. What's a choice mm. is those around us treating us as human beings and 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 making sure that we don't feel isolated and alone. Those things are choices. But mental mm. illness most definitely is not a choice. And I would I would also say. um When we say mental illness, and I think it has such a negative uh, thought process around like what what that means for people, and um, I don't know if there's a better word. I, I would like to think that there's a better terminology that we as people need to get get to. And I think I think we've been using using mental health as a whole, mm. but. Uh, Illness, illness sounds so permanent, right? Mm. And it's it's not right with the right supports, with the right people around us. With uh, I, I believe, and I've and I've seen it firsthand. The human condition is resilient, and we mm. can get through social anxiety, suicidal ideation, self harm, eating disorders. We can get through all of these things. Mm. We can, um. And, and and saying mental illness just sounds so permanent to me. And mm. maybe it's not maybe it's not supposed to be, but maybe it's not supposed to sound permanent. But to me, it just sounds permanent, and mm. it's not. It's mm. just not permanent. We mm. can get through these things. We mm. can. Mm. Yeah, I ask it because I just see like society almost reflects that mental illness is a choice because there's so little regard or or empathy sometimes from the fact that. Like, like you say, we don't just choose to be 
depressed or bipolar or um autistic or 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 whatever um so that's really kind of like why i was asking it that way even knowing i could answer it myself the same way as you did um i think you know like i think go on i think excuse me i i think that's part of the problem right is that our society is so hell-bent on the past of how we think the human condition should be mm. right it you know it's it's that classic uh i don't know if you guys have this over there in the uk but the classic thing of hearing your your parents or grandparents saying i walked to school in 10 feet of snow right like <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like this thing of like you should be as resilient as i was and life was so bad and da 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 and like Yes, those things are true. And we have grandparents that experienced World War One and World War Two and Vietnam and all of these things. But what we've seen, even utilizing war as a as a as a thing, is we had men and women coming back with PTSD being told they had nothing wrong with them. Mm. Being told they needed to get over it. Mm. And it wasn't until many, many years later. PSD, PTSD became this thing mm. where we have a diagnosis for it now. And mm. then what we're finding out is that you can have PTSD from a car accident. You can have PTSD from a bad football game if you were hit too hard in the wrong way, right? From, from all of these, all these things, we're starting to understand the mind more than we ever understood. And what I would also say, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure what people know about the the origins of origins of psychology and mental health work originally it wasn't the greatest mm. right it was all experimental half of the people if you look back at the work they were doing had no they were butchers and had no idea what they were doing right mm. <laughs> so i think now we're really coming to terms with what's what going on with the human brain and so as we're as we're coming to terms with what's going on with the human brain we also need to come to terms with the fact that societally we've gotten it wrong mm. and we need to start giving, we, we need to start giving people validation for what they're feeling and experiencing and realizing that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Sean. Sean, uh, time has, has flown by. Can you believe it? It's like, it's <laughs> no, unbelievable. It's gone pretty quick. Really gone quick. really quick. Um, how do how do people find out more about you uh, and your business? And uh, you can take a minute as well to share anything else that you know you feel's burning or or something that you really kind of want to communicate before we we wrap this up. Yeah, so I think the best way to find out about us is to go to www.werhope.org. That's wearehope.org. Uh, it's just the letter R for R. Uh, I, I think what I I think what I would have to say uh, that that's really burning for me is that there's a whole new way to support kids and ourselves out there that people don't know about. Um, we are hope has developed a completely different kind of model, and so this model allows for all people regardless of income to have access to mental health supports and that's very unusual 
right? And so to give you an idea, one of our, like we at currently at this point, we don't accept insurance, but to give you an idea, our, our session rate for a half an hour, $17 and 50 cents for the session and the idea, and it's virtual. And the idea is that we can reach the masses. Most people have $17 and 50 cents. And if you don't, we can definitely figure that out also, right? Then we're looking at a different, then we're looking at something a little bit deeper that, you know, we definitely need some support with here, right? And so that's the idea is that we are looking to change the way in which people gain access to supports. And we want all people to have support because I think back to myself sitting in the playground after taking all those pills and not wanting to wake up. And I and I realized that it took me 20 years, Mark, mm. over 20 years to share my story. Wow. No one in my family knew. No one. And if I could save one person from having to experience that, it's everything that we're doing is, is worth it. Mm. Right. Just just one person. So I, I want to wish people a happy holiday. And I want people to know that regardless of how alone you may feel in this exact moment of listening to this episode or how you may feel in a week from now, two weeks from now, a year from now, you're not alone. There are people out there, whether myself or others, that are always willing to help. So just just hang in there. Keep searching for supports. We are there. Mm. And in terms of children, is there a t- is there kind of like an age range you're you're on board? Um, and also, is it is it global, Sean? You you know working with children all over the world? Yeah, so that's a, a great question. So we we work with kiddos normally second grade, all the way all the way through. Right, um, we started second grade. We have worked with some first graders and some kindergarten kindergartners. We're, we're currently working on a program so the so that we can get the work in the hand in their hands. Um, it's a little harder with comprehension and, you know, all of those things. That's why I think play therapy is really helpful for, for kids. Not something that we currently do, but we have people that do that. Um, but yes, we have worked with people um, throughout the world. Uh, we worked with somebody in the UK uh, years ago when we, when we started early on virtually um, we are, we are opening up in uh, Nairobi that's one of the things that we're working on is spreading out there physically. Um, but yeah, we can be anywhere virtually. That was the whole purpose of of when we when we created this organization was to be anywhere in the world. We can find a coach that'll be up at, you know, 2 a.m. our time and, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon your time if need be, right? We can get yes. somebody to be there to support you. And so that's that's what we're trying to do. Amazing. Sean, it's been really good and I love your story, love your heart, your energy. Uh want to wish you and your family uh, an amazing uh, Christmas and, and New Year and uh, looking forward just to seeing the impact that this organization that you've created is going to have on on children. And yeah, just thank you for the work that you do. Well, thank you for letting me uh, share my story, Mark. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope we get a chance to speak again. I'm sure we will. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.